First Peter chapter one, verse one and two. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the sojourners scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Shall we pray? Loving Father, that you may bless the reading of the Word of God this afternoon, and bless also the hearing of it, that it may be to your glory and praise, and the giving out of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we look at this brief passage this afternoon, just as by way of introduction to the subject matter that the choir will be singing about in just a few moments, we'll take probably 10 or 15 minutes and just outline some things for you. And uh, for those who want to look at the board, you can do that, or if you have a bulletin on the back of the bulletin, is the brief outline as well. But the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ is essential to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, by way of the gospel, we refer to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, of course, that uh, being the core gospel message, we find that the death of Christ and the shedding of his blood upon the cross was and is in fact the means whereby God did atone for the sins of the world. And so we speak of that as the sprinkling of the blood of Christ or the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. First of all, Peter sends greetings to the elect sojourners scattered abroad. And we find that in reference to the language he is using, it is pretty typical of Jewish language referring to those who were of the dispersion. Now when I'm talking about the dispersion, I mean those who were dispersed abroad. Those who, who were uh, because of the Babylonian captivity and uh, because of uh, other uh, cultural aspects of their um, not being so friendly to Rome, we find that many of the Jews were scattered throughout the various provinces to which this letter here finds some significance. And he mentions that. He mentions the scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, just for traditional and orthodox means, I would like to express to you that probably this letter was sent from Babylon. And though some take that as a typical reference, not as literal reference, the traditional and orthodox is that it actually was sent from Babylon. And so that's what I, my view will be uh, for the moment in this uh, message. And so we find that Peter sends greetings to the elect sojourners. Now the language there is important. Uh, they are those sojourners that God has elected or God has chosen and uh, he is re definitely referring to believers and so these were Jewish believers but because the church is very diverse even in the first century we know there were Gentile believers as well 
not just Jewish believers. Of course, Peter was Jewish, uh, but and many of the apostles, of course, uh, were as well. But there were many who were Gentiles and who heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, particularly the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And so uh, we find that uh, Peter uh, brings this greeting, first of all. Peter sends greetings to the elect sojourners, all those who were scattered abroad, those who were Christians, those who were followers of Christ. Now that's a very significant, important um, word to use here. They were followers of Christ. And they were scattered abroad. Secondly, Peter tells them that they are the elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. And so as we look here to the second verse, we begin to see that Peter lays out some things concerning those elect sojourners or elect pilgrims who were scattered abroad. And he says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now, when we look at this uh, second aspect here concerning the elect, we know that the elect of God are those which historically have been chosen by God. In fact, all of Israel was called the elect of God. They were called the people of God. In other words, Peter is transferring much of this language not just to the Jews, but to all who have called upon the Lord Jesus Christ or all who refer to themselves as followers of Jesus Christ. And so we should not think that Peter's words are only to Jewish people, even though that is very true. Yet we find that Gentiles were also in view. And so as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we find that the same kind of language is used for Jew or Gentile. Certainly the book of Ephesians talks about those who were chosen from the foundation of the world. And many of the epistles do, and that Paul has written as well. But this one here is being written by Peter. And so we find that the elect of God, Steiger, who was a commentator and not too many years ago, perhaps maybe a hundred years ago, was a uh, commentator who made these words known. He says, quote, the elect pilgrims who from the dispersion in Pontus, the order of the provinces is that in which they would be viewed from one writing from the east from Babylon. In other words, the writing is to look at the dispersion coming in this direction into what we call the Mediterranean area. And so the writing appears in that direction. And so uh, just as in the book of Acts, when we read in the book of Acts, we find that there is another reference to various peoples and lands, and the book of Acts talks about them. He talks about Parthians and Medes and Amalekites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontius and Asia, etc. In other words, that particular address addresses the people who are going toward the Babylonian area. And so Peter, Peter addresses them going in this direction because he's in Babylon and he's writing to these dispersed 
Jews, these dispersed people who are dispersed, who have, who have moved to other lands. They know they no longer are living in, in Israel as they once did. And they're no longer in Babylon as they once were because of the captivity. Now they have moved elsewhere. And Peter wanted the followers of Christ to realize that wherever they were, wherever they were, the important thing that they should realize is that to be a follower of Christ is to know certain things. And the certain things that he wanted to communicate them to was this. First of all, they are in the mind of God. The word elect, of course, says that God did something in the time past. He chose certain people unto salvation. Now, we don't know who those people are, no more than I don't know, you don't know. That is in the mind of God, to know those things. But God chose them. And so he says, elect from according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Now, we would describe to God certain things, wouldn't we? In the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth we would ascribe that God did create the heavens and the earth. We would say, yes, God created the first family, Adam and Eve. God created his people later on. And the father of the nation of Israel was Abraham. We would ascribe certain things to God. And in other words, God also purposed to have a people that were called out by his name. They are called the elect of God. <clears throat> a New Testament word for that might be followers of Jesus Christ. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? You see? Are you a follower? And I, I trust that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Because that means that you have decided to follow Jesus. Now, it is true that the mind of God is a little bit different than our everyday actions. Sometimes we're kind of erratic. Sometimes we go to church and sometimes we stay home. Sometimes we do everything good and right and sometimes not so good and right. We're kind of erratic ourselves. But God, we would ascribe to God that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the mind of God, the purpose of God, is this, that he elected some according to his purpose and to his glory. And, and it's according to his foreknowledge, not ours. You see, some people have the idea that they thought about it first, and so God recognized it and said, oh, well, I guess I'll, I guess I'll choose you because you thought about it first. No. Now, we came quite a while after God and his purposes and plans. No, this is according to God's knowledge before, long before, and the Bible says even in the foundations of the world, God elected. And so this foreknowledge, this foreordaining love, if you will, is inseparable from God. First Peter 1.20 says this, Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, and raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Do you recognize who it's talking about? Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus is the one who was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. You see, even Jesus was foreordained in God's purpose and plan. That you might know about him, and that you might be a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, God, God has everything down pretty close. We, we don't have it quite that close ourselves, do we? We're, we're a little bit undecided in many things. Also, we find, secondly, thirdly rather, Peter tells them that they have been set apart by the Spirit of God to follow Jesus. Again, verse 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through or in sanctification of the Spirit. Sanctification of the Spirit. Now, sometimes these big words kind of throw us a little bit. But that simply means that God decided, decided that His Spirit, that His Spirit would prepare the way for you to become a follower of Jesus. For you to become a follower of Jesus. So you were set apart, you were set apart, that's the, the word sanctification, or you were made separate, a people of God, that the Spirit of God might bring you unto Jesus, that you would be a follower of Jesus. Well, you know, if, the, if, the, if God is the one who begins the creative work, why shouldn't he be the one that continues this great process of calling people and bringing them unto faith, you see? Why shouldn't he? You know, some people have the will of God just a little bit mixed up. They think that uh, God, because God is sovereign, he's going to do everything he can do. No, God will do everything he will purpose to do. Everything he will decree to do. But there are many things that he can do that he doesn't do. When you get up this morning, he, you know, you kind of had to dress yourself. He didn't do it for you. You, you have, when, you, when you want a job, you have to go out and find a job to work. But God doesn't do it for you. When, when you want to buy a home or a car or something else, God doesn't do it for you. No, God allows you to do that yourself. When you get into trouble or trials or have certain kinds of things happen to you, it's generally the pro your own problem that you have created. You see, God doesn't do everything he can do. God does everything he will purpose to do. Now, uh, there are many things God has purposed to do. God purposed to create the heavens and the earth. God purposed to create the first family. God purposed to send his only begotten son into the world to die for the sins of the world. God purposed that. In fact, he foreordained it from the foundation of the world. There were certain things God has purposed to do, you see. But he doesn't do everything he can do. He leaves much of it to, the, to his providence, to you and, and the decisions you make. And so... Peter tells them that they have been set apart by the Spirit of God. Now this is a very important step because God the Holy Spirit has to do, do, do that in your life. He does that in your life. And so if you believe that God is and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, 
and you have heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of God and the salvation, the Spirit of God is at work through those words in the Word of God, through that minister who is preaching the Word of God. God is at work that you may be set apart to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, but God will do it. God will do it. And He does it by His Spirit. But He is speaking to you. You see, that's how God begins to operate in and through you to set you apart. God speaks to you through the message of the Word of God. God speaks to you. And even right now, as I am speaking, God is speaking to you. How do I know that? Because God has said so. This is how He operates. By the foolishness of preaching, it says in 1 Corinthians, you know, the world thinks that preaching is pretty small peanuts, right? But it isn't. It is one of the most powerful things that can go on in this world is the preaching of the Word of God because the Word of God is the infallible Word of God. Well, I'm running out of time already, so I'll move on to the last one here. Uh, fourthly, Peter tells them that there is two confirmations of faith. Two confirmations of faith here in verse 2. Elect according to the full knowledge of God, that's God at work, purposing to do something, through sanctification of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is at work and purposes to do something, but God looks to you to, to uh, choose Him, to respond to the gospel message, if you will. And then lastly here, uh, it says, Obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Obedience and sprinkling unto the blood of Jesus Christ. Now we don't have anything to do with the, with the blood of Christ. No, God did that all by himself. He sent his only begotten son. But the obedience part is this. Have you heard the gospel message and have you obeyed it? That's the obedience part. Obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. You see, the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus does not become efficacious to you until you obey the gospel message. The death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ. Yes, I consent to that. That did happen. It is the message of the gospel, you see. And because it is the message of the gospel, I'm going to do something. What is the first thing you're going to be doing? You're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ by believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You see. Obedience. God looks to us to obey His Word. He wants us to obey His Word. Obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, in some sense, the, the idea of sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ is figurative. Because it comes out of the Old Testament. What did the Old Testament priest do? He, somebody brought the lamb, and they, as they brought the lamb or the, or the bull or the ram, or whatever it was that they brought to be sacrificed in the Old Testament, under the Old Testament covenant, the priest would kill the lamb, or the, uh, the sacrifice, and the blood would be sprinkled. In, men, in, in various cases, it would be sprinkled. And it was a means of saying, yes, this blood is being offered now in my place for my sins that they might be covered 
for a period of time. You see, all the sacrifices in the Old Testament only covered for a short period of time. They had to bring another lamb another day. You see, but when Jesus Christ came, when he came as the Savior of the world, one time and one only, he would be killed. He would, he would be sacrificed. And Isaiah says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, so Christ became that one where his blood was sprinkled for us. Okay, God, God has called you to be a follower. He's elected you. He purposed to do that. God has sanctified you through his Holy Spirit, if you will listen to him and call upon him. And God, and God has sent his son and his blood has been sprinkled. It has, in other words, he's been sacrificed as that sacrificial atonement. The Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And he's also done that for you, that you might be a follower of Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Well, we're going to have to close right now, because it's time for the quiet to come, and to bring us the music of the Lord Jesus Christ, and of the shedding of his blood, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb is the name of the musical. And so I'll move out of the way and ask the choir to The lights? Oh yeah. That was how going. Yeah, you can get that one over there, Dad. Oh yeah. Yep. Thank you.
nation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night.
people thank the choir for their hard work in putting that music together. As you know, that that was probably supposed to be the Easter music, but because of sickness at the time, we couldn't do it, and so we decided that we would do it at this time. But thank you very much. You, they worked very hard at that, and I trust that you um, enjoyed the music and the words as well. And thank it, you for your hard work. <laughs> we got through it together, didn't we? We did. We did. Very good. Well, um, we have one final uh, hymn to sing, and then we'll close with a word of prayer. And that's 468. I have decided to follow Jesus. I chose this one because that's really what the devotional message was all about, was following Jesus and knowing Jesus, that He is the one who died for our sins according to the Scriptures. So shall we stand together and sing this wonderful old gospel song, 468, I have decided to follow Jesus. Oh.